Micah. Brandy brought this up last week. Micah 2. Micah. And gathering in him. Micah 2, at the end of the chapter, we're going to start in verse 12. I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep of the fold, like a flock in the midst of their pastures. They shall make a loud noise because of so many people. Some say they make a tumult. The one who breaks open will come, bef- come up before them, and they will break out. They'll pass through the gate and go out by it. Their king will pass before him with the Lord at their head. Brandy was talking about gathering in and gathering, being gathered to him and comforted within him. We have been learning in Holy Spirit as we're feeding the flame that we are in him. In him we have our being. In him we have our breath. In him we move. It is Christ, the hope of glory, in us. The hope of glory is within you. Christ, Jesus, the Messiah, the Blessed One. And this gathering that we read about in Micah, it's as if he's bringing them all in. And and we've talked about that how he longs as a mother hen to gather all of them under her, under his wing. But there's a tumult. And this week in our town, we can relate to this. This is, uh, in Christian tradition, this is our Holy Week from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday. The Passover is the Holy Week of the Bible, and that starts on Wednesday night. And we'll go to the 13th. And so they collide. But in San Angelo, it also collides with our rodeo. It won't always, but it will more frequently now that they've done it in April. And we understand when there's a large gathering and people gather together and there's a tumult and there's a loud noise and they're organized, but it's very hard to turn left at 29th and Bryant for some reason. And Chadburn Street, and there's potholes everywhere, and there's people in boots everywhere, and Cavender's is full, and Mr. Boots is full, and we understand this because it's rodeo season. It's rodeo time. It's what you do. Passover is that time. It's a time of a multitude of people gathered together for a reason, for a week. It was the time of the feast. It was the time to be together in Jerusalem. Wayne had a word several, I think it was last month, where he said, I will see you next year in Jerusalem. This is when you saw him next year in Jerusalem. This is the time. This is the gathering. This is the coming together. There will be a feast that we all celebrate, Gentiles and Jews, called the Feast of Tabernacles. That's a feast in the fall. That's a fall feast for both families. But this was the family of the Jews' time together. Passover. Yes? What are they celebrating? They're celebrating the Exodus, an entire book about this feast, an entire book about them exiting in one night with riches and glory and freedom out of their bondage, out of their identity as slaves, 
How? Because of the blood of a lamb on their doorpost that kept them from the curse of the firstborn son. That you shall lose your firstborn son, not just of your children, but of your flock and of your livestock, of your cats and of your dogs and of your birds. It was a severe plague. And only those who had killed an innocent lamb and put that blood on their doorposts made it through without that curse hitting them. And that's us. Spiritually, we have the blood of the lamb on us so that death will pass over us. And so we have been grafted into this blessing in the family of God as the seed of Abraham by faith because Abraham believed by faith and not by works before the law came about. But Jesus fulfilled the law so that the Gentiles, that's me, unless you be of a Jew, could be grafted into the blessing of Abraham. Praise God. That's what you've been grafted in. That's what this week is about. And so, and so I, I think it is significant for our town. We understand this gathering together. I want to go to, to John, John 10. This prophecy of Micah, Jesus fulfills in, in what he's saying here in, in, in John 10. Right, John 10, verse 1. Remember, Jesus said he would gather them together like a sheep in the fold. They would become with a loud noise. And then the second verse talks about them. He will break out before them. Their king will lead them out. That's the breaker anointing that we've talked about on the Christ. Their Lord will be before them. Verse 1 of chapter 10 in John. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. That's what he's talking about. This is Micah, right? He will gather them together, But Jesus has said himself, not all Israel is Israel. The apostle wrote that. Not all Israel is Israel. He will gather them together, but mine, he will hear my voice, and I will lead them out. I will get them out. They will hear my voice. There was a story. I read it last month. uh, I don't know where. Of an eyewitness of a watering hole And this eyewitness was just sitting there in this watering hole, and all of a sudden, there was a sheep herd coming. The sheep herd brought a shepherd, and they were watering at the watering hole, and then all of a sudden, another flock of sheep come with their shepherd, and then another, and three folds of sheep are all in the watering hole, and the shepherds haven't talked to somebody in a while, so they get together and they talk, and there's a bunch of white sheep mingling and co-mingling and mixing and going around and, and they're not in their same folds. And this witness was like, how in the world are the shepherds going to separate all of these sheep back to their original owner? They're all mixed. And you know what? They all look white. How do you get them separated? And when the shepherds were done, 
they walked down their path and they sang a song. And as they sang a song, their sheep heard the voice of their song and went and they, all of a sudden the sheep, there was a tumult, there was a noise, there was a movement, there was chaos, but they separated themselves to follow their sheep, to follow their shepherd. That's us. It's us during rodeo. Right? We're all at the fair. Rodeo starts, and everybody who has a ticket's moving towards the rodeo, and everybody who wants to go to the carnival is going the other way, or vice versa. The rodeo breaks out, and the carnival people are like, where did all these people come from? There's a tumult. There's a noise. There's an influx. There's a movement. Who are you listening to in this time? Who are you listening to in this season? You can go through this season and hear someone else's voice very easily. We've been called to be set apart to hear the voice of our shepherd. That's us time. Yes? Verse 2, right? That he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Three, to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. He does what? He goes before them. He breaks out and he goes before them. That's Micah 2. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Verse 7, then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Now he adds on. He's not just the shepherd of whose voice you're supposed to follow, but he's the actual door. He's the door and the shepherd who comes through it. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the voice. He can be both. He is the door. You can't even get into the sheepfold without the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't even get in there. The pen cannot be opened to you unless you know the blood of Jesus on your sins. Yes? All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. <clears throat> Jesus comes in in that Micah 2, 12, right? He comes to break out what the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy of you. The thief is jumping over, right? We understand this in our life. The thief is the devil. You're in the flock of God. You go in and out into his green pastures, it says in Psalm 23. You know his rod and his staff. It comforts you. You are free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You're not in bondage. You can come in and out. You are on the path of life. You are following the good shepherd wherever he will go. This is the walk of faith. This is the spiritual understanding that he's giving of being in the sheepfold, being in the flock of God. But the, the Holy Spirit knows that the devil is a wolf. The wolf is always going to try to get in through the pen. He's only going to try to get in over the gate. He's going to try to go in over the fence. He's going to figure out how to lure the sheep out to steal, kill, and destroy. And so there needs to be a time of deliverance. There needs to be a deliverer who can get you out when you're in a pickle. 
There needs to be a deliverer that can get you out when you're lured away. There needs to be a shepherd who goes after the one. And it says in Micah that there is one who will break them out of their bondage, and he will also lead them out, and he will also pull them out, and he will be the king, but it's also Adonai, the Lord. That's what we're talking about. And Jesus says, this is me, right here. He is fulfilling the prophecy of Micah 2 in this, cha- in this chapter. You with me? Yeah? These are spiritual things. How do we know this? 11, I am the good shepherd. And the shepherd gives life. Whose life? His life for the sheep. I have come in verse, 12, or verse 10, it said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. How do you have it more abundantly? Because he gives his own life. Praise God that he is an everlasting spring of life because he is ever alive. He is consistently giving you his essence of life. He is consistently giving you his resurrection power. That's why it says, may the God of our peace resurrect your mortal bodies with his power. Because he is giving you his very life. He's giving you his very spirit of resurrection life. He gives his life to you every time you take communion. By faith in the spirit. Yeah. You with me? All right, here we go. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and he does not care about the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and I am known by them. That's what Brandy and I are relaying to you, to be in him You have to be known by him. And he says, those that are my sheep are, I am known by them. They are known by me and I know them. That's what we're talking about in Matthew when he says, those of you that cast out demons in my name, there will be people that will cast out demons as a believer and a Christian in Jesus that don't know Jesus. I don't understand it, but it's true. There will be Christians that speak in the name of Jesus, that they have healed in the name of Jesus, but Jesus will look at them and says, I don't even know you. (laughs) The only thing that matters in this book is, are you in the book of life? Are you in him? Are you known by the book of life? Who's the book of life? Jesus, the word of God made flesh. Are you known by this book? Does this book know you? You can have a spiritual relationship with the word of God. Who is it? Jesus. Are you known by him? And he says, you, my sheep will be known by me. That's it. That's all that matters is when you see Jesus and he sees you, you know him. And all of the years that you have walked on this earth, it's like, there you are. You don't have to say anything. He's the one that says it first. There you are. Well done. I know you. I know you. We got to know him. You got to know his face before you see his face. You got to know his voice before you hear his voice. You got to know his spirit before you are encapsulated in the presence of God and his spirit. You got to know his flesh before you see his flesh. You're like, Grant, you're not making any sense. Yes, I am. 
Yes, I am. You got to know his hands before you see his hands. You got to know his feet before you see his feet. Yeah. I will be known by them. I will be known by them. Right? 14, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. 15, as the Father knows me, even so I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. 16, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. That's what Krista was talking about today. That's us. If you not be a Jew, that's you. You're the other fold. You're the black sheep that are now part of the white sheep. That's us. That's me. Praise God. Praise God. He says, no, 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 no. It's not just about the Jews. I have many that are going to be in this flock with me. Praise God. We heard his voice. Praise God. He made a way for us to hear his voice. He didn't call us unclean anymore. We never were unclean, but he made sure of it by the blood of Jesus, right? Wow. 17, therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Now this is our week right here. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. And I have the power to lay it down and... I have the power to take it up again. What? No one takes my life from me, but I willingly lay it down of myself. This is Jesus. He's laying down his life for us. And I have the power to do this. And I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. This is, this is, okay. Where are we here? This is right before Jesus. Look in chapter 11. This is right before he's on his way to Jerusalem. This is right before the time of Passover. This is right before Jesus, you know, raises Lazarus from the dead, right? This is right after this time. This is right before it. Right before it, the Father, he's in prayer, obviously, speaking to Jesus, and the Father tells him, You have the authority and the power to lay down your life. And I am giving you the power and authority that after you die, you can take it up again. He didn't even go to the cross unless the command of God came to him. I have received this command and this instruction from my father that I will go and lay down my life. But he also gave me the power and the instruction that I will take it up again. (laughs) Nobody's done that. Not even Elijah or Elisha. Yeah, this is a mighty prophet speaking here. The mighty prophet. This command I have received from my father that I will lay down my life, but I will choose to breathe again. I will choose to grab it again. I will choose to take my life again and live forevermore. That's what we believe. I believe it because he said it. I believe it. Because he said it. Yes? Yeah? Yes. Jeremiah Johnson's got to be seen in this someday. Yes? Yes. 
Somebody, somewhere, somehow will watch that movie for us, Brandy. All right, Mark 11. Mark 11. <laughs> Mark 11. This is today in Christian tradition. It, it didn't actually happen today, today, but this is our tradition. All right, Mark 11. Uh, 7 through 11. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John. The multitudes? Why is there a multitude? There's a bunch of people gathering in Jerusalem for something. There's a bunch of people just making noise, figuring out stuff. Kids are running everywhere. 30 years ago, Jesus was one of the kids just running everywhere with, mother, with his Mary, right? Mary and Joseph and their family. It's Passover. It's rodeo time. It is a tumult. There is a noise. There is a gathering of people going on right now. And Jesus is like, we're going to join in here. Get you a colt. Get you a donkey. Because in Zechariah, it says, I'm going to come into this city at this time. And what's going to happen? What do they do? Am I in the right place? Yes. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, what did you go into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken in the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft, clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft. I'm not in the right place. I'm in Matthew. Mark, thank you. I'm with Mark, Mark 7, Mark 11, 7. They brought a colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from their trees and spread them on the road. And then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now, uh, this isn't necessarily a new thing because when anybody at this time came in that was a prominence, this was similar in how they greeted them. But what is significant is how they're saying, they're prophesying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But then that next line, blessed is the kingdom of our father David. Matthew's version says, blessed is he who comes in as the son of David. What? Wait a minute. What? And Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked around at all things, as the hour was already late, he didn't spend the night in Jerusalem. He left and went out to Bethany with the twelve. The king came into his city. And on the day that he was received as a king, he didn't spend his night in his city. It's very prominent, very, very prophetic there than that he was addressed as the king. This is why it's called Palm Sunday, because they were cutting down leafy branches from the trees and they spread them on the road, singing Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David. I want you to go to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 18. Here we go. Why are they singing this about the son of David? Why? Why? What is this tradition? Because we read about in 1 Samuel 18, verse 6, that whenever David came home, they'd sing songs to him. It's 1 Samuel 18, verse 6. Now it happened as they were coming home, when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistines, 
that the women had come out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines and with joy and with musical instruments. So the women sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And then Saul was very angry, saying, and the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they've only ascribed thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? There's a very interesting correlation between this passage and Palm Sunday in John 12. So if you go to John 12... I want you to see this again. Now it happened that as they were coming home, when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the women came out, all of them in the city of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines and with joy and with musical instruments. The issue was, is that when they came out to greet King Saul, they did not care about Saul. They were singing and dancing because of David. And every town... As they went to war and as they came back home to Jerusalem, every town they're singing and they're dancing and they're saying, wow, blessed is David. He's killed his 10,000 or Saul's killed his thousands, but wow, David's killed his 10,000s, 10,000s, 10,000s. And then you go to the next town. Can you imagine? You go to one town, then the next town, then the next town, and then the next town, and they're all singing for one guy, not the king. It's going to rub his khakis a little bit, right? And it did. It did. It did. Right? He has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. And Saul was getting angry. Town after town, the girls have this song. Town after town, they're singing and dancing. Who were they singing and dancing for in Palm Sunday? The son of David. The son of the kingdom of David. The tradition lived on. John 12. Notice this and what Saul said. What's more but for him to get the whole kingdom? What's more for him but to get the whole kingdom? What do they say in John 12? I hope this is the right reference. Am I in the right reference? Yeah. Okay, good. 12. John 12, 12. The next day... Okay, I I want to go back up because this is what we do. Go to verse 9, okay? Now a great many of the Jews knew that Jesus was there. Where? In Jerusalem or coming close to Jerusalem. Bethany was like a little suburb, boop, right out. So he knew that he was in the region. Many great of the Jews knew that Jesus was in the region. They are getting excited. They've gathered around. They've heard that what? And they came, not for Jesus' sake, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. Okay, see the similarities here. David came after conquering the Philistines. He conquered one mighty Philistine, Goliath. Jesus just conquered death in Lazarus. The Jews hear about it. They're getting excited. It's almost Passover time. They're gathering. The news is traveling fast. They wanted to see him, but not only him, but Lazarus. Because it's happening. It's happening. Could this be him? Could this be the son of David? Could this be the son of David? Keep going, right? 10. But the chief priests, because of this, plotted to put Lazarus to death also. 
We're going to kill them both. 11, because on account of him, many Jews went away and believed in Jesus. 12, the next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast of Passover, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him. He's on his way. News spreads fast. The kids are talking. The kids are running. The women are going out. The women are starting to dance. This is how you greeted people of importance at this time, I know. But this is how you greet the king of David, the son of David. When you say this, then cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the king of Israel. 14, then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it as it is written in Zechariah, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. 16, his disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Therefore, the people who were with him, when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead, bore witness. For this reason, the people also went and met him because they had heard that he had done this sign. When David and Saul were coming back, what were they going out to see? The one who killed Goliath. The one who killed the giant. The one who had done this sign. And now his son, so many generations later, he killed the giant death. He killed the giant death. I want to go and see this one. And what comes out of him? Another song. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Hosanna, the king of Israel. Whoa. Right? What did they say, though? And remember, Saul was begrudging. Saul was begrudging, right? Saul was begrudging. What more will he take but the kingdom? What more can he be given but my own kingdom? And who's begrudging here? Right? Verse 12, for this reason the people also met him. I mean, verse 18, for this reason the people also met him because they heard that he had done this sign. Verse 19, the Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. (laughs) What more can we do? The world is going after this one guy. It's the same. He is fulfilling the scripture. He is fulfilling the prophecy. This is the week of prophecy. And I want you to have ears to hear it. He will speak a new thing to you this week. He will speak to you a new thing this week. And he will quicken your mortal body by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Amen? We are gathering in him. We are gathering in him. Yes, so let's stand and let's pray. And next week we will rejoice in remembering Resurrection Sunday. So Holy Spirit, we honor your word. And wow, you are the king of Israel, Jesus. You are also the king of the world. You are the king of the Jews. And you are also the king of our hearts. You are the great Messiah. You are the high priest You're the only one that can be the lawgiver, the judge, and the king. You are our threefold government in one.
And we long for your administration. And we thank you, Father, for what you're doing. We want your glory to be known. We want to behold your glory, but we also want to hold it. Fill us with it. Let us not just look upon the Lord, but let us be filled with the Lord. Let us not just look upon the mountain, but let us go into the mountain. Let us be a people that are after you and are known by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This message was brought to you by the Garden Gathering Church, a family of spirit-filled believers in San Angelo, Texas. We long to encounter God's presence and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.thegardenstc.org to realize how the revelation of Jesus Christ can fulfill your mandate in the kingdom of heaven.